Hello, and welcome to MGMA Small Talk, where we discuss issues facing practice administrators across the healthcare world. I'm Shannon Geis, staff writer and editor at MGMA, and today I'm speaking with Randy Blue, Regional Director of Sales with Health Pass. He's located in Seattle, Washington, and has over 25 years of experience in sales and marketing, specifically in the healthcare space. He is committed to helping health systems and physician organizations manage the rapidly evolving healthcare landscape to improve business performance. Randy wrote an article featured in the October issue of MGMA Connection called Communication Leads to Patient-Friendly Billing, and is here with us today to talk about how you can make your practice's billing processes better for your patients. Welcome, Randy. Hey, thank you, Shannon. Um, first off, why do you think uh, having a patient-friendly billing process is so important for a practice? Well, practices today are under tremendous you know, financial pressure uh, from, from a variety of, uh, of, of areas. And uh, survival, uh, you know, especially for the smaller independent practices, uh, you know, that and many of them, uh, you know, fiercely desire to stay independent. And so financial performance is crucial uh, to them uh, for, uh, you know, for a variety of reasons. But the, it's, it's an area that uh, is the lifeblood of the business. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the ways that practices can can work to be more patient friendly? Well, it all starts with, um, you know, with uh, if you if you look at it from a higher level, uh, from your marketing, your branding, you know, what you're doing with social media, your website, your Facebook page, you know, the way you advertise or network, you know, within your community um, and and the, the perception that the population in general gets, uh, you know, around the brand of, of the practice. Um, and then I think more specifically, it has to do with the way the patient is uh, is communicated with and, uh, you know, uh, prior to the uh, prior to their visit, um, you know, during their visit while they're there and then and then after their visit, uh, because to them, it's all just one experience. You know, they're they're not in the best state physically and perhaps mentally and and they certainly want to be you know, uh, they want to be communicated with in a positive, friendly way, uh, you know, in, in, in that process. Mm-hmm. One of the things that you um, highlight in your article for us um, has to do with transparency in the billing practice, practice um, process. Mm-hmm. Uh, how can practices be more transparent in regards to that? Well, I think uh, it, 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 it has to do with the uh, you know, the communication being simplified and, and, you know, patients many times will get a bill and then at the bottom of it, it says, this is not a bill, you know, and they don't understand why you're, you know, as a clinic, why you're mailing them something that clearly has to do with dollars and cents. Uh, but, but in a, in a sense, you're telling them this doesn't have anything to do with you. You know, this is not a bill. Um, and so I think, and that's just one example. Uh, and, they don't, you know, and, and even to back up a step further, you know, uh, and look above it a little bit, they don't understand the difference between charges and, and, and you know, bills and, you know, insurance, you know, uh, adjustments and, and uh, contractual rates. They don't understand that typically. So all they know is I have insurance and, you know, here's what's covered and here's, you know, how much is my insurance supposed to pay and how much am I supposed to pay? And it just has to be kept very simple, very transparent. Um, there, you know, you, what you want to avoid are any of the 
gotcha moments. You know, nobody likes surprises, especially negative financial surprises. And so you, you, you don't, you know, you want, you want to uh, be very forthcoming. Um, so there's no, uh, there's no gotcha moment later on. Mm-hmm. What role does staff have in um, providing that kind of service or helping uh, patients through that process? Staff are, you know, obviously they're the face of the organization and uh, you've got, you, you have sometimes um, uh, outsourced staff. For example, you may have a remote call center that could be located, uh, you know, in, in, off site and not even be in that community. Um, and, and, but yet to the patient, they're, they're the staff of that local clinic and, and they, it might be a pre-arrival call center, you know, like a pre-registration center, uh, where they're collecting all the demographic information, verifying all the insurance, uh, you know, attempting to collect any sort of, uh, co-pays or deductibles or co-insurance, any balances in arrears. So they're having these financial conversations, uh, while they're prepping, uh, the patient for their upcoming visit. Um, so again, they're the face of that, uh, of that clinic. So when you say staff, you know, I think it's important that we understand that some of that, some of those staff might not actually be clinic, you know, employees, they might be outsourced. So they, they have a a responsibility pre-arrival. Uh, and then of course the, 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 the registration, uh, staff in the patient access, you know, the check-in area there, they, they kind of welcome the patient with with open arms, they want to be inviting and friendly, you know, uh, and uh, and make them feel really welcome at home, like they're part of the family. And and, and honestly, those folks, uh, I've talked with them many times. They don't like having financial conversations. You know, that's that's really not their demeanor. You know, they, it's hard to be tough-nosed about a bill and be warm and welcoming and friendly, right? Mm-hmm. So it puts it puts them in an awkward situation. So it's really a, a balancing act for staff. It's a good question, but sometimes it really is a balancing act for staff to to combine, you know, hey, we need we, we need payment. We're not doing this for free, uh, but also making the, the, the patient feel like they're welcome and they're they're part of a, of a greater family. Right. I can imagine, especially if a, a patient um, is coming in sick or or maybe it's a pediatric uh practice we have young children that are sick the last thing you want to talk about is money so do you have any um any tips for how to to prepare your your registration staff for that or any thoughts on on the best ways for for them to deal with those situations as much as can be automated uh the better i should say the more the more that can be automated the better Uh, the less conversations you know that the staff have to have, the be- I can tell you, the better they're going to feel about it. Uh, they they don't want to be collectors, um, and so if there if there are any processes you can put in place um, that you know, like like a portal, like a web based portal where where they can go in and make payments online, and and you can communicate with them, you know, before they even show up, and and they'll go on the web and they'll do that, or they can pay with you know via through their smartphone. Or they can go to a kiosk whenever they arrive at the clinic. They can be, you know, directed right to a check-in and payment kiosk, and they can swipe their card. They can put in their payment information. You know, if there's anything in arrears that they owe, uh, they can they can they can take care of that right there without having to have that awkward conversation with the staff. So um, 
it, the answer is yes. I think I think there are a variety of ways that you can communicate and facilitate um, the the payment of those uh, of those amounts in arrear and and what's due. In addition, uh, th through uh, through a kiosk system, they can go back and and they can be billed automatically. You know, for the amount that they owe once that claim is adjudicated, once it's settled by the insurance, and they can authorize that, you know, that the clinic automatically hits their account, the same account they paid with when they came in to pay their copay or their deductible or any amounts in arrears. They can authorize the clinic through the kiosk to go back and zero out their balance and hit the remainder. So again, that that process is eliminating and and you know that uh, that interaction, that human interaction. That might be a bit awkward and uncomfortable and, and, and even a bit tense between a staff member and a patient. Mm -hmm. You bring up the idea of technology, and that's something that I want to talk about a little yeah. bit more in depth with, about because, um, I, you know, with I think there's always a little bit of um, um, wariness around technology in regards to some of these um, processes um, and making sure that you have the right system and that kind of thing. What what do you see? Um, how do you see technology changing that billing process, and how um, can practices use those to better communicate with their patients, especially well, yeah. on billing? Yeah, and it's 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 more than just the communication, Shannon. Uh, you know, this the survey that I mentioned in my article that was conducted uh, back in 2013 by Conants found that almost nine out of ten people would refer a clinic uh, of their choice if the patient billing experience was positive. That's nine out of 10. So this is, you know, this goes beyond just, um, you know, the, the billing experience. It has to do with growing your business and survival, right? And competing successfully um, and staying independent if that's your goal. Um, but, uh, by, but specifically to your question of technology, uh, you know, I think understanding that Many of the old methods of collecting after the patient has had their visit, after they've seen their doctor, are, are really outdated and very expensive. And they're driving up the cost of healthcare unnecessarily. And, and those dollars that are being spent unnecessarily to collect that money because you're not using technology are really, bot uh, really bottom line dollars that are coming right out of the revenue of that practice. So, for example, if you can collect through technology, which the type I just mentioned a minute ago, understand that you don't have to send out statements, right? And every clinic administrator is going to have a pretty good idea of what it costs to actually send out statements and do skip tracing and all the other, you know, all, all the other processes. So you're avoiding statements because the bill is already paid, right? It's already taken care of through technology. Um, you're avoiding doing uh, outsourcing to self-pay vendors, vendors that you outsource to on behalf of your clinic to make follow-up phone calls and have conversations and, and send out statements. So you're avoiding any, any outsourcing, or, or I would say any, but most outsourcing to self-pay vendors. And then thirdly, and maybe most importantly, you're avoiding through technology, if you're getting that money sooner rather than later, um, you're avoiding bad debt. And bad debt is a killer, okay? Uh, really very a very small portion on the dollar of debt that actually become bad debt becomes bad debt is even collectible and the cost to collect is so high that you know the amount you get is negligible on the dollar so 
you really want to try to collect as much as possible upfront through technology because a you've got the money right there and b your cost is just just pennies on the dollar let, let me give you a statistic just to emphasize this before i finish um the the average cost to collect shannon for a dollar for the average clinic is 25 to 35 cents on the dollar that's what it costs today okay so you're really only collecting let's say you know 65 cents on the dollar that is actually yours for every dollar you bring in you're really only bringing in 65 cents but what if you through technology could collect that for say five cents on the dollar because there were no statements there were no vendors it didn't take any of your staff time you follow me mm -hmm. so so now out of every dollar you collect you're keeping 95 cents out of the dollar you see, that's really that's really almost a 50 percent increase in net bottom line revenues, which is huge to a practice. Yeah. Do you think then that um, technology and, and this um, maybe redu reduction of, of collection costs um, will allow would allow practices to become more f flexible in the way that they collect payment or the way they work with patients to collect yeah, absolutely. And and that's all part of that patient friendly billing experience is giving the patient options and working with them. Um, you know, there are there are companies out there that will give them a, a line of credit automatically. Any patient, a line of credit of a few hundred dollars, say four or five, six hundred dollars. They don't even have to, you know, take a you know, pass a credit check for larger balances. There are companies out there that will offer them lines of credit through a bank. Um, and, and and then also payment plans uh, with you know where the, the where the clinic themselves act as a as a bank in a, in a sense. So there are there are ways to work out payment plans, um, but typically most patients know you know they know what they owe and they are willing to pay it. And it, it's a it's really a fallacy. You know, there are two two fallacies I want to mention. Number one is that patients don't want to pay. The truth is every survey that's been taken has shown that at least, you know, two out of every three patients fully intend to pay. They want to pay their bill and they're willing to pay it. OK, mm -hmm. so you're, you know, and, and as and as high I've seen as high as 80 percent. Um, so and that's the first one. And then the second one, I think, is that is that they can't pay uh, and because they can people people spend their money in a lot of discretionary ways, you know, and and paying their their medical bills is is definitely something that they can do and, and that they want to do. Um, I think a third I want to I want to jump and throw a, a third one in there too, Shannon, which is that that patients won't use technology. You know, they won't use a kiosk. I have, a, you know, a certain sector of the population and they're very reluctant to use technology. I've heard that before. But what we found is in areas that have uh, population, say, say the elderly tends to be a stereotype for this, right? The elderly won't use technology. Well, we're finding our highest usage levels at Health iPass, uh, you know, up over 95, 96, 97% of all the patients that walk into these clinics that have a majority of an elderly retired type population are going right up to the, the kiosk and using the kiosk. So that's another fallacy, you know, you go into these clinics where the population is elderly and these these folks are on their smartphones, you know, while they're waiting to see their doctor. Um, and so that, you know, 
I think a lot of these old stereotypes just have to be swept, you know, under the carpet and just, you know, just dismissed because patients are willing to pay, you know, they, they do have discretionary money. They're willing to use technology um, and, and, I, and, and not, not using technology drives costs way up, which comes directly out of the bottom line uh, of the practice. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, so looking towards the future, um, how much, um, how do you see these billing processes change or evolve as, um, the healthcare environment changes? Well, you know, practices have to have a strong focus on financial performance, you know, and that, that is going to require that they, that they succeed with business partners. Um, you know, business partners are crucial to, to practices. Um, they're going to have to, get better at at collecting those patient payments because you know the patient payment that that section that that source of revenue is now you know one of the top three or four ways that they're going to get paid along with commercial insurance you know medicare medicaid and you know that type of thing patient payments are continuing to rise and uh and and will equal uh, i believe at some point uh the money that comes in from insurance so you know, it'll take it'll take a while for that to happen, but I think it, at some point patient payments will will equal equal or nearly equal uh, what practices are receiving from insurance, and that was unthinkable, you know, unthinkable just you know say ten years ago. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have to deal with partners. They're going to have to improve that patient payment process, and, and they're going to have to get good at at collecting it if they want to survive. Um, it's just going to have to be you know patient payment collection is going to have to be part of the practice's workflow. Um, I've talked to practice managers recently that said, you know, we just want to do business as usual. You know, our patients have been coming in and, you know, we just trust them to pay. Um, But I think as that percentage, as that portion just becomes larger and larger, you know, just doing business as usual just won't work for the majority of practices. Mm -hmm. That's great. Um, really, really interesting insights. I appreciate it. Um, do you have any other tips or thoughts that you, you'd like to mention before we wrap up? Well, I think, you know, most practices don't have a lot of discretionary money, you know, to put toward, um, you know, IT. They don't have a huge IT staff like a hospital might, for example. And so I think it's, you know, it's critical that they look at cloud-based applications so it doesn't require, you know, a heavy investment in IT. So the, I, I believe they should look at cloud-based um, service model solutions. Um, I think they have to look at uh, any sort of connectivity, you know, clinical integration, um, try to try to link everything together and, and look for solutions to anything that's fragmented or siloed, because now everything has to, you know, be interoperable, you know, interoperability is a big term and, and they have, you know, we can't have these silos uh, you know, like like we have had in the past. And then also you're looking at, a, you know, a risk-based environment. I mean, with the payment model going from volume to value, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's very important that the patient satisfaction scores stay high, but understanding that they're, that they're at a risk when it comes to reimbursement. So, you know, the, 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 there's, there will be continued pressure on, um, on those metrics. Um, perhaps becoming part of a greater organization like, you know, uh, working with accountable care organizations or clinically integrated networks and, you know, those type of 
of, of frameworks. I think are options that that physicians should should you know look into as well. Um, but they got you know I think their goal is to stay open. Uh, they want to stay independent. They want to stay profitable. Um, and 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 I think that 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 whole patient billing, uh, patient friendly billing experience uh, speaks to that because in order to do that you have to your business has to thrive. It has to not only be profitable but it has to grow. And that's where the referrals, the word of mouth, you know, comes in from your patients. Mm -hmm. That's great. Well, thank you, Randy, for taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you, Shannon. My pleasure. Yeah. Uh, to read Randy's article from, for the October issue of MGMA Connection and for more resources regarding billing processes, check out our episode page at mgma.org slash podcasts. Thanks for listening to MGMA Small Talk. Tune in next time when we talk about the leadership skills you need for professional development.